It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. Welcome to it, Broncos Country Tonight. Benjamin Albright riding solo tonight. Mike Coover behind the glass back there. We are live right now. Grand Canyon, Gonzaga tied at 17. The uh, Grand Canyon didn't get off to a good start, and then all of a sudden came roaring back. They've got 11 fouls so far, and it's only, uh, what, about 11 minutes gone by in that game? <laughs> oh, man. Got to love that. The interesting one, though, is that Fairley Dickinson-Purdue game. Yeah, it wasn't uh, Farley Dickinson up. Uh, they were up, weren't they? They were up by one up or one. down one. They're up they're one down right, one right now. Well, they're down one now. They just hit the bucket. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's and they're in the second half. They're 18-15 left in the, in the second half on that one. Um, Purdue was somebody I had going very far in this tournament. Far as in Final Four? Uh, yes, and they may they may embarrass me for a second <laughs> year in a row. Well, that is one thing about Purdue lesson. and Matt Painter. They have always been a team that has struggled in the NCAA tourney, and they don't live up to expectations. I figured they would at least beat Fairley Dickinson, who, were in, who was in the first four game in a 16 versus 16 matchup. Mm-hmm. And here they are. Given Purdue all they want here in the second half. Yeah, I. It's so you know I <laughs> uh, watch it, and they're still look at it, still putting it to them on the offensive uh, the offensive side of the ball. What's well, kind of interesting? Farley or Fairly Dickinson? I, I always thought it was Farley Dickinson. I thought it was Farley Dickinson, but you could be right. Farley, Fairley. If somebody knows. Potato, tell me, potato. Is it Farley or Fairley? I'm trying to ask. I know they're Ryan's in New Jersey. Yeah, I thought it, it could be either. I, I I always thought it was Farley though. I, I guess I could be wrong. What's kind of interesting is watching Zach Eady, the huge guy from Purdue. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, stand there, and all these all these kids from Fairley Dickinson or Farley Dickinson, we have just standing there. Actually, look, Rob may it's know. Fairly. Is it Fairley? It's Fairley Dickinson. Rob says Fairley. Okay, so I'm wrong. Okay, I always thought it was Farley. I I have like Chris Farley. I am so wrong. Shows you how much my my uh, knowledge of New Jersey basketball schools extends to. But oh, Fairley Dickinson, go ahead. I interrupted you. Oh. What I was saying about Zach Eady, he's the probably going to be the national player of the year. And just watching him stand next to these kids from Fairleigh Dickinson, it's it's rather comical to watch. David and Goliath. It is a little bit. I mean, the kids seven five. Yeah, it's uh, it it, it is funny to watch. And, and Purdue, it's it's been interesting because one of the things I said before this tournament, before I I put him in the Final Four, was that despite him being that monster in the middle for them. Their guard play has really faded down the stretch over the course of the season. Their backcourt started the season red hot, and they just have not been the same players you know, down the stretch, down the season. That's hurt them. And as you watch this now, there's about about 17 minutes left, and FDU is up by three uh, in the second half. So that's it's it's interesting to watch. we got upset alert going on here. That would totally destroy my, my otherwise not terrible bracket thus far. By the way, the eight games played so far today, the mm-hmm. higher seed has won seven of them. Yeah, it's been mostly, it's been a so chalk day. Yeah, it's been a pretty chalk day. And Grand Canyon, by the way, now up six over Gonzaga. Yeah, I like Grand Canyon, by the way. That's Bryce Drew. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Bryce Drew, the Holy yeah. Cross, I think it was Miracle uh, 
um, three-point shot. Yeah, yeah, Valparaiso, Valparaiso and Ole Miss. That's what it was, Valparaiso. Homer Drew, his dad was the coach, and yeah. he was the, he was he was the, the player shooter. on the team. Yeah. And they ran, they threw the ball all the way down, kicked out to the corner, and bang. Yeah, nailed Bryce it. Drew. He was, uh, he was the hero of the moment that year, and obviously he's, uh, he's coaching uh, Grand Canyon University, so I've kind of been, been keeping an eye uh, a little bit on that one uh, as well. And Gonzaga's a team that, that seems to underperform in these sometimes as well, so uh, maybe that's a byproduct of playing in that easier conference. Well, everybody thinks Mark Few is going to win a national title, and he's had his opportunities. They got to the national championship game a couple of years ago. I yep. believe it was the COVID year, yep. the year that Baylor won it. And he's had his opportunity, just hasn't gotten it done. And I think at some point he will. There's been a lot of talk that the Zags may wind up in the Big 12. The Big 12, Brett Yormack, the uh, commissioner of the mm-hmm. big, the new commissioner of the Big 12, has reached out and they've had talks, but uh, no, nothing's, hap- nothing's happened as of yet. Now, obviously, they're just a basketball school, so football wouldn't be involved in that. But adding the Zags to the Big 12, having Kansas and Gonzaga, that would be a, that would be a good one-two punch. That, that is an interesting thing and probably what they need to do. Uh, we wanted to get into this conversation a little bit deeper about conference realignment and all this kind of stuff. Nick Ferguson and I had been talking about this a while back, and I had just said they need to do away with conferences altogether and go with a geographic realignment. Five regions... Uh, and, 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 and the colleges would all start on a level playing field, except that there would be a relegation system similar to what there is in uh, English soccer, right? And you'd have a, an A, a B, and a C, and it'll sort itself out. And the haves and the have-nots will sort itself out from there. Because, you know, as it sits with these conferences going the, the way it is, I mean, like the Mountain West is irrelevant. Pretty much. You know, it, it's irre- the Pac-12 is bordering on irrelevant. I mean, if Deion Sanders wasn't bringing news to the Pac-12 right now who doesn't have a broadcast rights deal, the Pac-12 would be irrelevant. And look at the schools the Pac-12 has. Well, there's They've been got a lot some of good talk- schools. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk that the Big 12 was going after the four corner schools. Right. Which would be Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. So there's been a lot of talk about that. Now, the Pac-12 has kind of denied that, and, and nobody's really come out and said anything, but they have. They've had, the Big 12 has looked into that, and that would make it a really interesting conference uh, for the Big 12. I mean, they would be spread out from one end of the country to the other with West Virginia mm-hmm. and going all the way out to Utah. And that's why I said that a regional realignment would be in everyone's best interest because you're not flying and wasting all that, you know, all that money on travel and everything else. Uh, if you're a school that's that's isolated way out in the middle of nowhere on the West Coast and you're traveling east for all your games, I mean, you're blowing your travel budget just went way up. Oh, sure. And it's it's not about the big programs. They could easily do that. It's about the Title IX program. Right. It's it's the mid it's the mid mid majors, as it were. Uh, and, and, and those kind of programs, anybody that's not. And, and, and it's what happens right now. If you're not a P5 school, you're irrelevant. If you because you're not going to make the playoffs, and if you're not making the playoffs, you're not relevant. The bowl system is is there as token games, but nobody plays in those anymore. The guys who are going to go to the pros don't even play in it anymore. I mean, that's one thing that I, I think really makes the NCAA tournament is you have those Cinderellas, mm-hmm. like watching Grand Canyon or right. watching Fairleigh Dickinson. Right. Obviously, they don't have football. Well, I, I shouldn't say they don't have football programs. They may have a, a lower-end football program. But instituting but, a regional realignment with a relegation system Makes games relevant and it makes teams relevant. You could be on the border of moving up into the SEC or moving up into you know whatever you want to call the regional realignments, but you, you could be on the on the precipice of moving up there and 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 do that. You no longer have the Vanderbilts of the world carrying the econo- the the academic water for the rest of the schools. Relevant schools will move up. I'm trying to tell me my Kansas Jayhawks actually have a chance now since we're somewhat decent. You at got football. the right coach. Kansas has the right coach, dude. Kansas is, Kansas is the best they've been since Mark Mangino was there. Wow, Todd that's Reese. scary. That's scary.
They're, it's true. Very true. I mean, on the rise. And they got a quarterback now in Jalen Daniels who can make some plays. Right. That KU Arkansas game was probably one of the best bowl games of the uh, of, of the bowl season last year. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, like Kansas is a team that's on the rise. You know, right now Missouri is more relevant than they are because they're in the SEC. But Kansas is a better football program right now. And I, I, to me, that's an imbalance. You create a Midwest region, put those guys in there, Kansas is going to beat Missouri eight times out of ten with the current teams they have. So I, like, for me, I, I look at this and I'm like, there's a way we can do this that, that, that evens the playing field for the haves and have-nots. And if you want to commit, if you get a famous alumni and you want to commit a billion dollars to an NIL program and buy yourself a program, you can. But you think right, it'll ever happen? But right now, CSU couldn't do it. CSU could have Elon Musk <laughs> set up an NIL program and they're still irrelevant. They play in the Mountain West. Yeah. Boise has dominated the Mountain West for how long? And they're barely relevant. Barely. They have the blue field. That's about all they got going for them. But I was going to say, they, they were never in the national title picture. Boise had good football teams. They were fun to watch. And they could have been competitive. But they were never because they weren't, in a, they weren't a P5. They, you know, UCF went undefeated. You know how hard it is to go undefeated? If it were easy, anybody would do it. And almost no one does. Well, they they're were undefeated have, and couldn't sniff the playoffs. And now they're going to be in the Big 12, so maybe but they you do ha- sniff. That's what I said. You have to do. The realignment has to do like this. So right now, what you have is teams that are realigning to major P5 programs and creating these mega conferences that are unmanageable, like 20 teams in them. The SEC is adding Texas and Oklahoma. It, it's just To me, I'm like, just do a regional realignment with, with a relegation system, and now all of a sudden you've created a fun proposition for everybody. You've reduced costs for a lot of these smaller universities. If you're in the Sun Belt, you're irrelevant. But you do what I said, and now all of a sudden they've got something to play for. You have a tournament for the A, B, C, and D t- tiers. You have relegation system for the top two, bottom two. I, 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 there's just, there is a way to do this that... that gives everybody a fair shake, streamlines the process, and makes it exciting for everybody. But do you think the NCAA or once... Well, let me you ask, you, let me ask you this question. Do you think the NCAA, the NCAA is going to exist? No. I, 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 I doubt it lasts 20 more years. So if that's the case, do you think that this is a type of system that the, that the presidents of the universities are actually going to go with? I mean, does it have any chance of becoming well, it, a reality? Or are took, we going to be stuck in this, what we're going to be? I assume a playoff's going to go, what, to 12? Uh, 16, maybe. Why not? I, I, that's where I would go. I think 16 is a perfect number for each classification system. You have regional realignment, a, two, a two-tier relegation system, two-team relegation system, and you go from there. And it allows programs to build themselves up as they want or do away with it as they want. You're not going to suddenly have South Alabama complete, competing with Alabama. But you, you, do, you can give them something to play for, you know, other than being the also-rans. You're not going to have UAB suddenly complete, competing with Auburn. But you can give them something to, you know, something to shoot for. It gives everybody something to shoot for. It gives everybody the opportunity for upward mobility. And right now, that is not something that exists across the landscape of college football. Basketball, it does because of the tournament. You know, and, and you know, it, it gives the opportunity for the have-nots to beat the haves. And we've seen it. Now, granted, I don't think anybody's calling Princeton a have-not, but you get the idea. Theoretically, there is an opportunity for fairly, excuse me, Dickinson, to beat Purdue. 
By the way, they're up five now. Yeah. There is an opportunity for Kennesaw State to beat Xavier. Yeah. Or, or, or GCU to beat Gonzaga. Like, those opportunities exist for the George Washingtons or the Florida Gulf Coasts. Who have made noise in this tournament in the past. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, I, you know, now GCU, I don't know if they really elevated their school so much as they elevated their head coach to the job at USC, but, you know, at Dunk City. But there, the opportunity exists. And doing, doing it like uh, there's, there's not many things out of soccer I want to copy. But that relegation system makes a lot of sense to me. It gives the opportunity for clubs that, that want to be better the opportunity to be better. The opportunity to move up by excelling, by building it right. You don't have those opportunities right now. If you're South Florida, USF, you're such, a, you're such lost in the afterthought. You're not even the, the top mid-major. You have Florida, Florida State, Miami. What was interesting, South Florida was a program, what, five, six, seven years ago that was making strides? Uh, it was about 10 years ago. When they had Matt Grothy and Jim Levitt there and all yeah. them. Yeah, like they, were, they were making something. and they, they were good for a minute there, and then Jim Levitt got in trouble, and uh, they had, what, Skip Holtz, I think, come in after that. They were still okay at that point, but they were once, South Florida was once number two in the country mm -hmm. when they had uh, Matt Grothy there at quarterback. Wow, that's, that, that, is, that is old school right there. Yeah. And so, it, but, but, but they're largely, I mean, you had that flash in the pan, they're irrelevant. If you have that kind of stuff in, the, in my relegation system, you're at least going to be relevant for another year, you know? Because what my, my proposal was, was the bottom two teams get relegated and the, 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 the top two teams from the B division come up to the A and vice versa, right? Except you have a two-year window. So how many are in these divisions? I don't know. I think you cap the top tier at 20 teams and then mid-tier at 20 teams. The next team is just everybody else. The C tier is everybody else. Or the D tier is everybody else, however you want to do it. But, hmm. you know, and that gives you the, that gives you the opportunity. And there's, there's a two-year, you get up for two years. You aren't, you aren't up for a year and then relegated. You get up for two years. And that gives you brand exposure, it gives you the opportunity to build that program up. It gives you the opportunity to, uh, to, to move up and become a better program. And I think it's the, in the NIL era, it's about the only way you're going to do it because that's ch the transfer portal in the NIL era have, have leveled the playing field if you have the opportunity to be in the, in, in the, the tournament. So if you're in Tier A, do you just play Tier A schools or can yeah. you drop down and play Tier no, B schools? No, you play Tier A schools. Only Tier A? Yeah. See, I, don't, just don't, I, I just don't see the powers that be like Alabama only playing Tier A schools. Maybe you, maybe we, because you're not going to be as successful. Maybe you, well, I mean, that's the point. You are, you're not, you're scared. You're afraid of competition. You're Alabama and you're afraid of competition. Not at that level. I mean, you have to have the, I mean, Alabama, for the most part, they play the one decent non-conference game. And then their other two non-conference games are against. Well, and I'm, you, if you want to schedule two non-conf like that, that's fine. Maybe, maybe we could work at a rule like that. But uh, you know, you, for me, I would just make it. Yeah. And how do those programs that, that are taking on those, taking on the Alabama money for, hell, I'll, I'll play you for a million dollars. How do they make their budget if those games aren't around? They don't necessarily have to do that anymore. Or they can play games like that. They can play what, you know, you have your schedule and you have two non-conference games and you schedule whatever. So you have two regional, you, know, you have your 10-game regional affiliation schedule and two games you can do whatever you want with. Yeah. That solves that. I like it. I like it. I, I just I mean, don't think the university it, presidents are going to go for it considering, I mean, obviously from a TV standpoint, TV would love it, having Alabama or 
Auburn or right. Michigan or Ohio State having one of those two teams play each other during the season? And I, they, uh, to me, there are several different ways you can do this, but I think the broadcast right deals go to the schools. Hmm. Similar to the way they do secondary broadcast rights right now, like with Learfield doing CU. Like we own the CU. Here we have the CU rights, but the subcontract goes out you know, through Learfield, right? Each school should be able to negotiate those kinds of yeah, their home games, get their own home broadcast contract. So if you are, for instance, UAB, and you got up the next year, and you got a home game against Alabama, and you got the broadcast right contract for that, you're going to rake, right? You would, yes. So I, to me, I, I think there are opportunities, economic opportunities for mid-tier schools with that. It, Notre Dame is an independent. Notre Dame, one of the most storied schools of all times. You think at some point they wind up in a conference? I mean, obviously their basketball and the women's sports are in the ACC. Right. Football obviously is still independent. But at some point, I would think, maybe once the NBC TV deal runs out, that maybe they, that's, that forces them. Obviously, the Big Ten, I think, would love to have Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the best spot for them, to have games against uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Purdue, Nebraska. I'm, yeah, I, I'm here for it. I, and I feel like you kind of have to. I feel like you, there's, you know, at, at that point, if you're Notre Dame, how else are you going to have the clout to make it into the playoffs? If you're not in the, if you're not in the NCAA playoffs, you're not relevant. Period. Pretty much. By the way, Fairleigh Dickinson, mm-hmm. dream could be ending. Purdue up five now, just under 12 minutes to go. Building some mo. So a 10-0, 10-0 Save run. my bracket. 10-0 run by the Boilermakers. Savemybracket.com. From the 913, Zags will get thumped in the Big 12. Bring it. Probably will. I, I don't think Gonzaga's realized how easy they've had it for a long time. And by the way, they are uh, down to GCU right now. GCU yeah. is up uh, one on them, 32-31, with about 239 left in the first. Got some good basketball games going on. This this is the well, – I'm a Kansas fan, so obviously my team played first yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they got out of the win. And once you get out of the, once you get that win, then you almost get 48 straight hours of just watching basketball and just being able to watch it and not have to wait until the Friday night for your team to play right. and be kind of anxious about it. Well, you know who you're playing anyway. You're playing Arkansas. Yes, it's a rematch. We, we owe you guys for that football game. Well, I, BK was in here trying to get me to bet on it, and I'm like, unless you're giving me points, it's not going to happen because I think Kansas will beat them. Uh, Arkansas, I hope you're right. They've got some. They've got some players, but uh, one of the guys, Nick Smith, is a he's been unreliable, kind of down the stretch, and and that's sort of been a problem. So, um, I, you know, I I expect Kansas to win that game. I think it's a very interesting contest. Uh, Arkansas is very athletic. They have struggled shooting from time to time, but they're very athletic. They can play defense, and so Kansas. They have some athletic players, but for the most part, is not an athletic team. And they're also a very small team. I mean, mm-hmm. their center is 6'7 yeah. in K.J. Adams. So I think it's a very interesting matchup. It's, it's one, if Arkansas shoots the basketball well, mm-hmm. Arkansas is going to win because their athletes will take over at that point. But if they struggle shooting the basketball like they have all year long, then I think Kansas can keep it a kind of a low possession game, kind of keep it uh, in the half court, then I think Kansas has a good chance to win. And and that really is it. Like, you, you hit the nail on the head. That, that literally is it is because uh, Arkansas, it is, it is live and die by their shooting. You know, it, it really is live and die by, by if they can out-athlete people. 
and that that has been their problem when the, when the shooting isn't there uh, and they're playing a they're playing a good athletic team they they will i mean they alabama they they could have kept it close they just couldn't shoot when they needed to yeah arkansas has guys that are going to play in the league oh, yeah. they have they have at least two or three guys that are going to play in the league in the nba and not the g league the actual nba right so there and Eric Musselman is a very underrated head coach. Oh yeah, I, I love uh, I love Musselman. I, th- I think he's a great coach. But uh, they just you know they've they've not been and Kansas doesn't shoot well from the perimeter by the way. No, but uh, you know Arkansas is, is also not a great perimeter shooting team. I mean they're what thirty one percent on the season. We'll also see if Bill Self winds up being on the sidelines tomorrow. Ooh, there you go. He's been out with that heart, uh, the heart issue. He had two stents and a heart catheterization. Yeah, that's a, another line of intrigue. Well, you've been talking about basketball, but you are listening to Broncos Country tonight here on KOA. It's 850 AM, 941FM. We'll be back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shining moment. Yeah. One shining moment there. I was like uh, playing the basketball music, huh? March Madness. It's the one time you get to play this song and have it be okay. Oh, it is. Now, right now, it's uh, upset city alert. As you look around the scores, Drake up on Miami, 18-13. You got uh, Fairleigh Dickinson hanging close with uh, with Purdue. They took the lead back, and then I think Purdue took the lead back on them, and then GCU and Gonzaga at the half, separated by one. So, Upset City around uh, around there. 56690, you guys want to get involved in the conversation. Had a couple texts come in uh, for the 224. Even though Iowa runs an offense that is not up to D1 football standards, they are the Big Ten, which keeps them relevant in that sense. I mean, kind of true. Um, and they they stuck with, uh, what was that quarterback they had last couple of years? It was terrible. Um, Spencer Petras. They stuck with him over Padilla, who was a better quarterback, and wound up running Padilla off. Um Iowa's offense the last few years has been setting football back years. <laughs> Decades, really. Now That's why uh, Ferenc, uh, his, his boy who runs the offense, uh, has the, the deal in his contract. They don't hit a certain point per game thing. He gets fired. He gets a bonus if they hit it, but he gets fired if they don't. What is it, 10? No, it's like 24, 25 points a game. They didn't come close to that last year, most games. Yeah, I know. They didn't come close to it. They, they you know, and, and one of the things about Iowa is like they, they always have a great offensive line and they've got great running backs, but they just, man, their receivers and their their quarterback plays is atrocious. I forget who it was last year. Uh, they had a game last year where the over-under was like 34. Mm-hmm. I forget who it was against. but The it, under. It was low. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, for the 224. What do you think about the Broncos drafting the center out of Wisconsin? I think you're talking about Joe Tipman. I like Joe Tipman a lot, and he might be a guy that might be there for the Broncos, by the way, um, versus uh, uh, some of these other centers I don't think that are going to be there. Tipman played, uh, uh, what was it, 1,456 snaps, I believe, uh, in college and allowed a total of four quarterback hits, two hurries, and uh, one sack his entire collegiate career at center. This was a question we were going to ask you on uh, the sports zoo earlier today, but it didn't come up. Any chance that the Broncos would bring back Dalton Reisner as the center? I don't think so. I really don't. Would he even do that? If he, it all, he if might, it came I mean, back he might do it. that for the right, right amount of money. Uh, he certainly played center at K-State for a season before he, um, you know, before he played tackle. Um, I, I, I don't think he would. I, I really don't. And I think he feels like his value is higher than what the Broncos feel his value is. Evidently other teams as well. Right. Yeah, as you say, you know, I, I, there's some of these guys that were going to get a rude awakening out there in the free agent market. Then um, I think Dalton Reiser is probably one of them. Um, is uh, is fairly Dixon widens their lead, 54-50. Um, I think that uh, if you are, um, you know, if you're looking at them to bring in the center, uh, probably the draft. I, I can't see them spending more money on a center, especially bringing Dalton Reiser back at the cost that it would take. I just I just don't see that. You surprised that the Glasgow at four point five million? They didn't look at that. No, um, I, that or was Glasgow just not going to come back for that two year? Uh, I don't think he was going to come back here. Period. I I think Glasgow was frustrated with some things and some persons on the offense, and I, I think that relationship was fractured beyond repair. Uh, I liked Graham Glasgow, but I I just feel like that the Broncos kind of decided to move on from some of the locker room stuff that was going on. They made their decision. They drew a line in the sand, and they were this is the side they were taking, and that was going to be that. So I don't think that he or Dalton Reiser are going to be back. I think Draymond, he went on a, a station in Seattle today yep. and kind of intimated that same thing, that he there there were some antics going around that he just didn't like. Yeah, and, and some of that has to do with the Russ situation. You know, and some of it has to do with coaching, bending over backwards for that. I, I think that Draymond, who is a – uh, an all-business kind of guy didn't like that the focus wasn't on business all the time. Uh, he felt like that sometimes that coaching staff was more interested in being the new celebrity coaching staff and that maybe they didn't go into the season as prepared as they could have gone into the season last year because of it. Uh, I think that Draymond, I, I always liked Draymond because he was a guy that just came out and told the truth. Mm -hmm. like he, just, he just tell you what's on his mind. There's Some people didn't like that. Some people didn't like his kind of uh, brass tacks response, you know, type stuff. Yeah. He's a real dry sense of humor too, so it can be it can be tough to miss. I like Draymond Jones a lot. I liked having him here. I liked interviewing him because he was he was no nonsense kind of guy. He'd just tell you. Um, and yeah, I say no nonsense. And then we have one of the best interviews we ever did was him and Brett Rippon uh, riffing on the snugness of my shirts down there at training camp. But I, you know, as as far as Draymond goes, I mean, you know, Draymond wanted a certain type of deal. And he basically got it from Seattle. Everybody's looking at this saying, well, we paid the same for Zach Allen. Not exactly. And Draymond, and Draymond said that yesterday. What? That it wasn't the same? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It, it, he's getting $23.5 million in the first year with Seattle. It's a front-loaded deal. and it, So it's a three-year deal with Seattle, but it's really a two-year deal, and then they'll renegotiate after that. It allows him to get to another payday quicker. So it really is not the same thing at all. And while the guarantees and the APY look the same, the reality is Draymond got all that money on a two-year deal in Seattle versus a three-year deal here and gets to get to another payday. 
which is the which is the situation. I found it funny yesterday. They asked Draymond if he had uh, asked uh, if he had talked to Russell Wilson about what it's like to play up in Seattle. Oof. No. Yeah, did not. <laughs> I, I guarantee he didn't. That's that's the I guarantee this person he did not talk to. Um, and that, that's the thing. So Russ Wilson is here for better or worse. And the way that I've I've kind of looked at this, and the way that I've, I've people I've talked to is that this is a one year deal for Russ. If he's ever going to see any of that extension money. This is a one-year deal, and he's going to have to prove it this year. If he doesn't, they'll punt on him. They'll go. Sean Payton is remaking this offense in his image. And there are a lot of people, all these people that wanted Sean Payton, and now they're upset that Sean Payton's remaking the offense the way he wants to make it. And, and there are possibilities of fan favorites being shopped. And all of a sudden, people are up in arms. And I was like, this is what I told you was coming. We, we talked about this when the, in the hiring process. So I, I, you know, I don't understand uh, why people are upset at the the fact that the Broncos might be shopping receivers and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Sean Payton's going to remake this offense the way he wants to. I kind of excited about some of the moves he's made. I like Samaj P. Ryan a lot. Looks like they're going to play bully ball. So they're going to have some attitude, uh, which I, you know, I am I'm definitely here for. So, you know, it's it's um. It, it, as far as that goes, the Broncos drew a line in the sand, and all the people that were what's the right phrase here? I don't want to say disliked Russ, but certainly didn't get along or had an issue with Russell Wilson uh, are pretty much gone. And they've, they've drawn their line and that's, that's just the way it's going to be. So what happens if it doesn't work out this year? What, what way do the Broncos go? Do they go what do you the mean, draft and out? try to get a quarterback? Do they go in the quarterback situation? Doesn't work out. Yeah. The Russell Wilson. Yeah. Then they go to, you probably go to the draft. Next year's draft has got two surefire guys, Caleb Williams and Drake May, and it's got like three or four other guys that look like they might be something. Yeah, but Russ is going to be good enough to win six, seven, eight games regardless of how bad. I mean, he's got some benchmarks he's got to hit. I mean, no, talking, no, I know that, but if, but if he if he's bad enough to get six, seven, eight wins, that's not getting you in the Drake May sweepstakes. That's not getting you in the uh, USC he tra- quarterback. He, he tried to do it. I mean, Sean Payton has shown absolutely any he's shown uh, that if he's got a guy they'll trade for it you go back and look at new orleans they traded up in the first round a lot yeah but you're not getting all the way to one or two well you don't have to i mean you might not have to get there depending on what other quarterbacks are available either those guys are probably one or two but we you know we still got a season to let that play out russ has missed a couple of games the last two years you know is the is the body breaking down we don't know he's going to play at a lighter playing weight this 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 season he looked pretty spelt in that uh, one photo that they had of him. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He's been he know he knew. I guess it was October, early November that he'd come in too fat, honestly, and he started working out at that point in time to try to get it down. He, it, you know, after having discussions and everything else, the bulking up to try to uh, to bulk up to take hits didn't work out. So he needed to drop about ten pounds, <laughs> go back to his old playing weight, <laughs> and so that's you know that that's really the thing. Like he know Russ knows he's cognizant, he's aware. Yeah. And he's uh, he's been working on that, working on the nutrition portion of it. By the way, Purdue is getting tight. They just had a wide open three pointer yeah. for the lead, and it was all air ball. Yeah, it's uh, really Dickinson not getting good shots either on their end. They're forcing it. So I'm fairly Dickinson still have one under four minutes to go. They just got fouled. Oh, they didn't get fouled. He just they're flinging up. Yeah, fairly was flinging up a shot. They didn't even fling up there. They still got about three and a half minutes to go in this win with fairly Dickinson with a one point lead, but. Um, yeah, it's, you know, Purdue's gone stone cold and Fairleigh Dickinson's not taking advantage of it, jacking up threes when they should be feeding it inside. And, you know, while you're cold, take advantage of it, stack points. So you're going to need that down the stretch against an experienced team, even though Purdue has been embarrassing in the opening round <laughs> the last, uh, uh, now the last two seasons, I guess. Oh.
Um, I, I just, yeah, in the end, it's it's with Russ. It, it, it was about a culture change and drawing line in the sand and making sure there wasn't division in the locker room. But with that, let's go out to the KOA Traffic Center. There's Darren Copeland. Welcome back to it. Basketball country tonight, apparently. Not Broncos country tonight. We got some Broncos talk last segment. We did. Benjamin Albright, Michael Coover back there behind the glass. Going to do a little talk about the Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy situation the next hour. 56690 is the text line. You guys want to get involved in the conversation. Had some good texts coming in so far. Looks like uh, Fairley Dickinson is uh, fairly good at this. Up three with what, two minutes to go? I think Purdue has the basketball. Yeah, a little less than that. Eight. And they had the opportunity right to move into a two possession game and instead jacked up a top of the key jumper. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I, Just, I felt like if you've got a three point lead with under two minutes and you're a bottom seed, I feel like you hold that till deep in the clock and you cut to the lane, hoping to draw a foul or get a layup. You try to make it a two possession game and draw the foul. But what do I know? And um, Purdue, if, you, if you've been watching them the last, I don't know, three, four, five minutes of clock time. They're stone cold. I mean, nobody wants to take a shot. They're trying to get the ball into Zach Eady. Yeah. And they're double teaming, and then they're kicking it out, and those guys are scared you-know-what to shoot the basketball. Yeah, they're playing tight, man. And as I say, those guard, that guard tandem that they have are good guards, but, man, they faded down the stretch. Uh, and if I'm, you know, if I'm fairly Dickinson or whatever, I, I, you know, I don't know why you don't cut to the hoop every time right now. I mean, I know you've got a seven-foot guy rim protector there, but try and draw the foul, you know? Worst-case scenario, try and draw the foul because if you can keep it a two-possession game, you're in control. You can eat that clock. But, again, what do I know? I'm just some guy sitting here in front of a microphone. Let's see if Purdue can get something How going is your, uh, yeah, they, Oh, they, they turned they, it over yeah, again. They did, I know. Look at this. They just abs. They're, they're force-feeding oh, the ball nice to Edie, and that, that'll do it. That's a two-possession game. Let that, let that thing run. I don't know if it'll do it. We still got 90 seconds to go. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm calling my shot now. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. You quadrupling down like on the wide receivers? Well, you can't leave oh! shooters wide open in the corner. I mean, you know, if you're fairly Dickinson, you do have to fairly play some defense. But uh, it was, yeah, if, if you can make it a two-possession game and keep it a two-possession game, just keep going for twos. Keep, keep making it a four- and five-point game, and you're, and you're fine. But, yeah, they left it wide open in the corner for that three. It, that was something Purdue desperately needed, and my bracket desperately needed at this point. Five six six nine zero is the text line. By the way, Gonzaga pulling away from Grand Canyon. Yeah, that, ten now. Yeah, it, that was I expected. And it's most of the majors like that's what happens. You, you have that first half that's close because you're playing a little tight, and then you open it up in the second half a little bit, start start pulling away or whatever. And for Big Blue Nation, Kentucky is up eight with eight minutes to go in their ball game. So Kentucky. There was an interesting stat the other day. There was a head coach, Norm Roberts, at Kansas, who has been filling in for Bill Self. Right. He has one win in the NCAA tournament, which right. is one more than what John Calipari has right. in the last three years. <laughs> oh, they had oh. a big three for Fairley Dickinson. They're up five. Take a minute that, three to go. Take that, Kentucky fan. <laughs> I, uh, I know some people that are Kentucky fans. I'm trying to rub salt in it right now. Any chance I get on Kentucky, so... I um, is your your bracket okay? It hadn't been busted yet. I honestly did not fill one out. You didn't fill a bracket out. I did. You're Michael I did, Coover. How'd you not fill a bracket out? I did pick a final four, but I did not actually fill out a bracket. Who do you year. have in the final four? I have got Marquette. Uh huh. I have got Texas. Uh huh. I have got Alabama. 
And I'm going to have to think on the other one here just you a second. You have Alabama winning at all? Um, oh, UCLA. UCLA, yeah. I have UCLA and Alabama in the Final Four. So I had uh, I had uh, Alabama winning it. Same here. So we'll see see how that one shakes out, if they can uh, they can make that happen. That's a, that's a program that's had enough turmoil around it over the course of this year. <laughs> you think if they weathered that at this point that uh, – uh, that they are probably in pretty good shape. By the way, I'm calling my shot. Tennessee bounces Duke Ooh. in the second round. In I the hope next you're round. right because I can't stand Duke. Yeah. I'm calling my shot now. Tennessee's defense too good. Duke's not going to beat them. And I hope well, you're right about Kansas and Arkansas. We're going to talk a little bit about this Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton stuff coming up after the break. You guys listen to Broncos Country tonight right here on KOA. 858 and 94.1 FM. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.